welcome to another episode of the Untitled Podcast. The music world is remembering grunge rock pioneer Chris Cornell. I was in Charlotte last week. Okay. I went into a record store, and as I was walking out of the record store, you know, when you open the door and the wind kind of gusts in, mm-hmm. when they had some of these magazines, uh, you know, like the local publications of what's going around on the city. I don't remember the name. And so when I open the door, wind gusts, page opens, first thing I see, Chris Cornell. As you know, I'm, I'm a big fan, and I've never seen Chris. I have not either. I've never seen Soundgarden. I've never seen Audio Slave. Frankly, I've never seen any of those grunge acts. I saw Jerry Cantrell solo. You know, I haven't seen the big ones. And those are really the only acts right now that I really want to see that I haven't seen. Right. So I saw that, that boom, 
Chris Cornell. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was God. Right. There's no doubt about it. Because I know he comes around and I always miss him. And uh, I was going to go to Nashville to see him. It sold out. It was like on a Wednesday, you know, that kind of thing. Right. I immediately texted my wife and said, can you somehow make this happen for Father's Day? Right. I don't really deserve it, but on Father's Day, you know, you get the big piece of chicken right. and, you know, something, right? And tickets yeah. were very reasonable. And it's Chris Solo, acoustic. <laughs> Very awesome. And his last solo record. And I, I could just hear some of that stuff being played acoustic. Higher Truth. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a great record. It's a really good record. done so much and his career is all over the place even the scream album i don't i don't really like it right he just wanted to do something radically different and i appreciate that right and it it doesn't always pay off well and you know if you go back the songs themselves aren't terrible songs it's just that god-awful production speaker on Former lead vocalist for Soundgarden and Audio Slave, Chris Cornell is set to release his third solo album, Scream, on March 10th. For Scream, Cornell worked with super producer Timbaland. Timbaland, who has also produced material with Missy Elliott, Justin Timberlake, Ludacris, and Elton John in the past, pushed Cornell into a clear departure from his previous songs and makes a turning point in the singer's storied career. 
Timberland. Mm. It was named after some boots. Oh. I, yeah, I did kind of know that. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, I thought if we could do a podcast on Chris Cornell, uh-huh. he'll be pretty much obligated to like hang out with me that night, don't you think? I don't see a single flaw in your plan. <laughs> so my first real introduction to Chris Cornell mm-hmm. was the Louder and Love album. Okay. Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. You know, they had done Ultra Mega Okay, and it's it's Ultra Mega Okay. There's direction. There's a beginning there. And I love the fact that he evolved, you know? I mean, he mm-hmm. started off as a drummer. Right. And was singing. I, I just... How do you... Do you wake up one day and have that voice? He obviously had had that voice. Yeah. He wakes up every day and has that voice. But I mean, but when did he discover it? You listen to his early stuff, though. He, he didn't... He started developing that voice. Right. Exactly. Because the, the early stuff isn't like that at all. Well, that's kind of where I'm going at, you know? Yeah. It, the early stuff, it kind of reminded me of like the really early... Zeppelin, where you know Plant was really like almost at a hysteria level of screaming, right? You know, and then he he kind of came down and and he polished it and stuff like this. Well, the great thing about Chris is that you know he he goes back and forth. He can still do that stuff, right? But he has a four octave voice. Yeah. How yeah. do you discover you have a four octave voice? I mean, he's you know playing drums. Maybe he screamed at a guy one time, like you know, get the fuck off my stage. He probably did it like like everybody else does. I mean, somebody had to sing a song and he attempted to do it and and shit. He realized he could. You think it was like a birthday party or possibly? Yeah. I would like to know. I knew you know I know he's way into the Beatles. Maybe it's when he was trying to sing along with Helter Skelter. Because Soundgarden do Helter Skelter like big. You know, they... I've never even heard that. Yeah? Well, I'm going to drop it in. Cool. Right here. Do you And then Louder Than Love. Yes. 1989. Yes. And they went to a major, A&M. First of all, I was stunned they went to a major because bands weren't going from SST to majors. So they go to A&M, and the first thing I see when, you know, I see the record and I open it up is that A&M logo, and it's like, weren't the Carpenters on A&M? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that beginning part with the feedback blending into his voice and then the song kicking in on Loud Love, that blew my mind. Thank you. 
to me, that's epic. And then full on Kevin's mom. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's the song of that album, full on Kevin's mom. Okay, yeah. Ride the Snake, Gun, Mm. great album, but the jump again two years later to Bad Motorfinger, Mm -hmm. progress of that band, and the evolution and growth of, of Chris's voice, the whole band. same year Temple of the Dog came out. Special edition of the Rocket Report this week as I have some tragic news on the death of a major performer in the Seattle music scene. This Monday afternoon, Andrew Wood, lead singer for the popular band Mother Love Bone, was pronounced dead from complications resulting from a drug overdose. The Andrew Wood was in Mother Love Bone and Chris Cornell, of course, was in um, Soundgarden. Right. And the two of them, they were roommates. Right. They almost had like a healthy competition where they were writing music. Andrew Wood was almost like right. a David Lee Roth of Seattle. Like, yeah. And that's not an insult. I mean, he had this charisma. Well, you listen to Mother Love Bone and, and it sounds like it sounds like a perfect mix of grunge and 80s, 80s metal. Yeah, yeah it, it really did kind of make that transition from right. hair metal to grunge in a smoother way than a lot of people thought. They thought it just all of a sudden, boom, happened with Nirvana, never mind. No, but and, and to me, Mother, Mother Love Bone was one of those transition bands. Yeah, well, to me, everything up to the Nirvana breakthrough is really my favorite stuff of grunge. Right. You know, from the earliest Mudhoney albums. And the Temple of the Dog thing was just serious effort for your friend, you know? That's, oh, yeah. I don't think they realized how big that would be. I mean, you know... It, did they realize any of this would be so big? A lot of really good songs, but I think only two were really dedicated to Andrew Wood. And it was Say Hello to Heaven and yeah. I Want to Reach Down. I think they were just songs that they were writing. Like, it was this project. And they, they started off, two songs specifically were written about Andrew Wood. And then it just kind of came together. And, and it just came together and, and it was just a cool project. Okay. But, I mean, you, Say Hello to Heaven is a great song. Is a fucking great song. Down for you with the pages of friends. 
Okay. What about the single soundtrack? Where did that come in there? Great record. It was a decent movie. It wasn't a great movie. It was, it was watchable. It, yeah, I think it was members of Pearl Jam, and they, the fictional band was called Citizen Dick. It's a great soundtrack because there's some really interesting things on there. You know, Pearl Jam has State of Love and Trust and Breathe, right. I believe, on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the whole Seattle scene, it was really coming together, you know, right yeah. in that time. It was it was almost like all these things rushing to this inevitable event of right. the explosion of grunge when you look back on it now. I love Birth Ritual, the Soundgarden song that's on there. Right. That's probably their most metal song. That Soundgarden was a metal band, those first couple of records. Yeah, Soundgarden was more metal than grunge, but they were they're still kind of bathed in all that same stuff the others had. You know, the Seattle environment and the Seattle scene, they're going to influence each other no matter what. Soundgarden was more metal. Alice in Chains, to me, was even more metal. And I, I love Alice in Chains as well, and Wood is on this album. Right, and that's a great song. Yeah. The revelation on this album, to me, was Chris's song, and it's Seasons. It's really where I became a Chris Cornell fan. He stepped up to a level that none of them, none of, you know, not Kurt Cobain on his own, none of them. Right. You know, I really think he stepped up beyond that. And Seasons is, uh, it's got like a blues, kind of old blues thing in it, Mm -hmm. and definitely a Zeppelin influence. Right. And it's just gorgeous and brilliant. It's just one of my favorite songs of his.
That's to me when I started thinking, this guy is really on to something. You know, when, when bands break up and people go solo and these kinds of things, it's it's usually very disappointing. Right. But I knew he had a future out there, and I was very interested in whatever project he was doing. You're skipping over two great Soundgarden records. I'm coming back, because okay. I'm, I'm like that. Bad Motor Finger, you know, I love the title, but man, the singing and stuff, I thought that album was really brutal. It has some of my favorite songs, Searching With My Good Eye Closed. You're great. Oh, yeah. That song is like a, a 60s epic, kind of almost like hot. Wind kind of thing. That whole record is so good. There's definitely a psychedelic quality right. to, to Soundgarden, and it came out really big and super unknown. Yes.
Super Unknown. That is my absolute favorite Soundgarden record. That's one of my absolute favorite albums, period. What did you think of Down on the Upside when that came out? I liked that record a lot. And actually, I didn't listen to that so much when it came out. I got really into it a couple of years after. I honestly didn't too, and I really don't know why. I really appreciated it probably two, three years after it came out. Then I I listened to it nonstop, pretty much. What's your favorite song off that album? Blow Up the Outside World. I went through like a long depressive period. He's gone through that kind of thing, and you, you can tell in his songs. Right. I'm just amazed anybody can get out of bed, much less create the art that he does from it. I was getting close to turning 50, and my goal was I want to do what Cornell did and look like that. You know, obviously I'd need a spray tan. I would need facelift, liposuction. Yeah, yeah there, there would be uh, just a battery of surgical procedures that right, would have to right, happen. Right. But I thought, okay, I'm going to just work with what I have. And Chris is going to be like my spirit animal. The guy is a year or two older than me, mm-hmm. and he looks great. And it can be done. I guess. Well, I did lose a bunch of weight. Okay. And I did feel good about myself, and I was, you know, I was really moving out How was there. your singing ability? Oh, man. Eight, nine, eleven octaves? I, I don't know. I quit counting. <laughs> anyway, so I wanted to hit 50, 
and to be in the best shape and the best looking of my life. And then I kind of got into the Melvins and thought I'd go for like the King Buzzo look. And you pull that off amazing. Thank you. This is the time it started to go sour, and all the bands, they right. were tired of the hype. They didn't feel comfortable in this sort of rock star role. They were anti-rock star in a way. But at the same time, you don't pick up a guitar without wanting to be a rock star. Right. It was just they were seeing the realities of it and the bullshit. You know, the entertainment industry didn't know, what do you do with a viable artist who doesn't want to keep reproducing the same thing and who um, is still growing as an artist and expanding what they do. The band breaks up, Chris goes solo. Slowly receding into rock history, Soundgarden, the Seattle band, called it quits this week after 12 years and one chart-topping album. No reason was given, just a terse notice through the group's record company that the split was amicable and mutual. Euphoria Morning is like just such a brilliant record. Cut per cut, awesome. Sweet Now 
I was going through a divorce and you know mm-hmm. loneliness and depression and stuff. And some of these songs I was really taking on, you know, listening to them and thinking about them. Like when I'm down. Right. I only want you. I only love you when I'm down. But it's all the time. What say you now? change me mm-hmm. you know she's going to change the world but she can't change me and suddenly I can see everything that's wrong with me yeah but what can I do I'm the only thing I really have Preaching the end of the world. It's almost like he's going on Match.com during the apocalypse. 
I'll send a picture. You can see I'm perfectly sane. it all go to hell isn't that what everybody's looking for well you know i kind of feel like that sometimes when i'm snuggled up with the wife when you turn on the news especially today when i can't think of a day or a month or a week that's gone by that hasn't had some end of the world shit going on you know it's like it's out there it just do you want to pay attention to it or hide your head in the sand or whatever and lately i've been feeling like hiding my head in the sand it's just too much Stay 
you know, here I am loving this album, mm-hmm. and then I hear that Rage Against the Machine is broken up, and they, I love that band. Yeah, I did too. And then that Chris Cornell is going to get, he's like going to be the head on the body of Rage Against the Machine. Like right. this sort of Frankenstein, kick-ass well, rock. I, when I first heard about that, I didn't see how it could even possibly work. I knew it would work. With Rage Against the Machine, I mean, Zach had s- such a different style. Yeah. I'm, I was trying to picture Chris Cornell trying to pull off Rage songs live. Well, you know he did. Yeah, I, I heard that he did. I never actually saw an, or actually saw any video of him doing that. I'll drop in something interesting here. Was there? They were a great band. At, they're tight as shit. I yeah. love that kind of Sabbath swing that they had. Amazing bass player. And uh, Tim, yeah. yeah. And then Brad Wilk, I just I, he's a badass. I also love Morello, kind of reinventing uh, the Guitar Hero thing. You know, he he had this guitar he uh, up. He's got his baseball cap on, right? And does all these wild effects. Sometimes too much. Yeah, he he goes a little over the top. But I just love the fact that, really, for the longest time, you hadn't had someone kind of reinventing what a guitar player did. Right, and he did. He did. They got together, and I guess they were talking with their producer. Rick Rubin? Rick Rubin. Yes. So they get together with Rick Rubin, and and Rick suggests Chris Cornell, and he plays plays in Bulldozers.
amazing heavy song. And so they said that, you know, when they got together, they just immediately had this vibe. Right. So I was trying to find bootlegs, and the word was they were going to call themselves civilian at first. Yeah, that's a bad name. It's a terrible name, um, but I don't think they—I don't think that was their name. I think that was sort of like somebody on the internet came up with that. Okay. And then um, that Cochise video. Yeah. Oh man, when I saw that, I felt like I was back seeing the Kiss for the first time again. Yeah. And then, you know, at the end, as they go back on the elevator or, or whatever, they, they've all, like, you know, hugging each other and stuff. And, you know, that for, I don't know what that part of being a fan that you want to see that. You right, know? yeah. But that brotherhood in the band, and if you've been in a band, you know why that's appealing to you. Oh, yeah. So I was just so excited. I never got to see them. I think they need, like, a Greatest Hits album or, like, a compilation album. I Am The Highway, though, off the first album. Mm. Oh, phenomenal.
Audio Slave would consider me that that band was not going to, at least lyrically, um, sort of represent my point of view. I'm very a big fan of Chris Cornell and his lyrics. Can I ask you about the Audio Slave breakup? I mean, now that a, yeah. a, a little bit of time has gone by, why do you think that the band broke up? And if I was to ask Cornell the same question, what do you think he I would think say? we'd have the same answer. The band broke up because he quit. He's <laughs> <laughs> much more complicated than that. Uh, you started off in a band, and then you went solo, mm -hmm. and then you got back in a band, mm -hmm. and then you went solo again. Mm -hmm. Is the pattern developing? And then I'd read like some Rolling Stone interview, and they'd say, "Of course, Cornell's lyrics are ridiculous." It's like ridiculously good, motherfucker. Well, you know, come on. Writing lyrics is hard. <laughs> You're bearing your soul. I've been in bands and written lyrics, and it's really hard because you like read it back, and you're like, "Jesus, this is terrible." And Outshine, where he says, I'm looking California and feeling Minnesota. Yeah, see, I'm usually like looking Minnesota and feeling Minnesota. Like Bob Mold's shoes, really. Well, we need to talk about uh, Soundgarden, King Animal. I mean, they basically broke up for 16 years and then got back together and made a fucking phenomenal album. What are your favorite tracks off that? There is an acoustic or, or maybe it was a demo version of, I think it was Black Saturday. I absolutely fucking love it. And, and I'll play it for you and then you can drop it in if you want. Promise something. Kill me right away if I start to get slow. Basically, I love every song, every song on this record. To me, I would have loved if the whole album, or if they did a whole album that was sort of like Tyree, Bones of Birds, Black Saturday, middle of the album there, that's where I really, really like it the most. You know, yeah. That's the real core of it.
Have you heard uh, the echo of Miles? You know, it's all their loose tracks, Mm-mm. B-sides. Uh, I think there's some demos, maybe. Just all it's it's like a big scatter shot of stuff. It's a three CD compilation, and it's all this rarities, unreleased material. There's some just incredible stuff on there. It's gonna have its weaker moments, but it's it's just neat, you know, to get in there and to dig into all this stuff. There's some funny ass shit on there too. There's there's a lot of humor. Cool sub pop rock city. Is, yeah. is to me hilarious. <laughs> the version of Everybody's Got Something to Hide Except for Me and My Monkey mm. is really great. Oh, I'm going like, to check that yeah, out. And yeah, and that's not one of my favorite Beatles songs, but I, I think Matt's just hitting it really good on that one. You yeah. Know, the feel of it's good. Family Stone. Nice. Come Together. Stray Cat Blues. Rolling Stones. Into the Void. Sabbath. Nice. Search and Destroy. They do Earache My Eye. Really? Yes. That's cool. I can identify with where their humor is. Right. Uh, How does it feel to be covered by the late, great Johnny Cash? He he was alive when he did the Yeah, thank God. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was an amazing thing. Some Bob Dylan documentary, I don't remember which one, because there's a lot of them, where he talks about that. And he's he's still young, I think, when he's talking about it, saying how great it was that Johnny Cash did one of his songs. He felt the same way. You wired me awake and hit me with the hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. The 
and the forest burns along the road Like God's eyes in my headlights When the dogs are looking for their bones And it's raining ice picks on your steel shore I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my I'm gonna break my rusty cage and run I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my I'm gonna break my rusty cage and run Probably my favorite Chris Cornell song, Sun Shower. It's somewhat of a hopeful song. It's basically saying, you know, you're gonna be alright, it's gonna work out. So when someone who's gone through a lot of depression gives that kind of encouragement to somebody else, it's a heartfelt thing. They mean right. it. They want the best for you. Dark as roses and finest air. I feel your healing in your sting again. Hear you laughing in my soul
have these days where it just seems impossible that you're ever going to be anything else, that you're ever going to get out of this. Right. And then when you do, once you get older and you start realizing what I need to do is grab those days and hang on to them as much as I can. Yeah. And try to remember that happened at one time and it will happen again Mm -hmm. and that it doesn't ever go away. You just learn to cope with it better. It's going to come and go. Really, you build up resistance to it by clinging to the bits of happiness you can get wherever you can get them. Okay. It seems like a simple idea. I mean, it's the kind of thing that you hear people say. Sometimes those days don't come for a long time. Yeah. But when they do come, I think that if you are an experienced person with depression and you survive it, you can basically say, oh, I'm having one of those days right now. Right. And that helps you so much when you're not having one of those days to realize that you're going to get another one. Right, right. You just have to hang in there. Yeah. And to me, that's how I feel about the song. That's really how I feel about a lot of his songs. You know, some of them just seem so devastatingly dark. And if he was all about just that, right. he wouldn't be the artist to be that he is. And it would also seem almost exploited of those emotions. Take one link from this misery chain, keep it to remind you of a long forgotten time or a place so that you'll recognize its shape when it's near. This misery change should appear. Take the locks and shackles, and they'll carve it down. Shine a And there's 
best to try to put these misery chains on me. wrap it up so i'm gonna see chris cornell at the belk in charlotte on june 20th i hope i get this out by then i hope you do too and uh wish i could be there with you and i expect a full report Everyone kept saying to me when you interview Chris Cornell, just be prepared. He doesn't, you know, he's going to be all bummed out. Right. That's not true at all. That's not true. I've spent years actually kind of. I think when it was early Soundgarden and it was all of us in a room together as a band, um, it was like that. Partly because we were trying to be cool in front of each other. But that's rock and roll. You want to look like you're unhappy. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I thought he was miserable. I really bought it. (laughs) He's going to cry at any moment. You thought he was Kurt Cobain, miserable? Yeah. 